Welcome back to part two. In this one, we will talk about you never walk alone. So if you didn't listen to part one, we talked about all stuff that has been happening recently with the members. And then we did a uh, chat about some of the original soundtracks that they've released. Now we're going to talk about the album that we spun in last time. I'm excited about talking about mm-hmm. it because it has some really good songs on. And it'll be the end of another era. School era, done. Wings era, done. Exactly. Any of the solo albums, still not done. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so we we're going to be doing solos for a year. We will we'll need to. We talked about still maybe... not even done the first one yet. No. So that'll be an interesting time <laughs> when we do that. Yeah, a second end of the era that we've done in a row, actually. Two, two ends of eras in a row. So You Never Walk Alone was the repackaged version of the Wings album. The repackaged version of Wings was released on February the 13th, 2017. It came with three brand new tracks and a longer version of what was previously Interlude Wings, but is now Outro Wings. So the Wings album, for those who remember, ended on Interlude Wings, obviously insinuating that there might be some sort of follow-up. According to the big hit blurb, You Never Walk Alone is an epilogue to close off the Wings era and it offers a comforting message of hope and we can laugh if we're together to the youth of this generation. Very sweet. Yeah. And it sets out to complete the narratives of youth and growth that could not be contained within the Wings album and adds a message of warm consolation and hope for the suffering youth of this generation. So the album won Album of the Year at the Handtail and Sumpy Music Awards, as well as the Gay on Chart Awards for the first quarter of 2017. And it was listed on the Genius list of the 100 best albums of the 2010s. Nice. Yeah. It peaked at number one on South Korea's Gay on Chart and on the Billboard World Albums charts. But yeah, I didn't include any of the countries because there weren't separate numbers for this repackaged version so yeah do we have any thoughts about the album overall yeah i like it do you like it yeah uh i remember it coming out i like ran upstairs at three o'clock and played it on my ipad and <gasps> cried oh yeah we've always said that we were jealous of entering at wings right yeah would have entered at Wings, this would have been our second comeback. Oh, to have a it comeback. It was my second comeback. Oh. Jealous. I like it as well. I think it's really elite in terms of the songs that I have on there. are all really good. Mm. But the title, Liverpool Football Club have a very famous mm. song called You Will Never Walk Alone. Mm-hmm. So for a while, that was all I could hear when I heard the title. And and Jimin puts it on his hoodie. Yeah. And when he put it on his hoodie when I was baby at me, I was like, what's I got to do with anything? Is Jimin a Liverpool fan? <laughs> yeah it's like a really big big deal I, I'm not a Liverpool fan myself so I don't like the song that much but I've been to Anfield which is Liverpool's home ground when they sing the song and they sort of all put their scarves up and they like shout it at the top of their voice and it's really powerful and it has the same sort of sentiment of like we should all band together and like mm-hmm. in difficult times but yeah it's just like people get YNWA tattooed and stuff like mm. Liverpool fans over here. So it's a little um, distracting mm. when you know like an abbreviation as something that's so symbolic of a group of people. And then all of a sudden it's like something else. I think it could have its own era. I, I like it as a concept The you never walk along. I know it's got four extra songs. Yeah. I think it's a shame that it's at the end of Wings. 
well, um, or like a repackaged version because I like this concept of you'll never be on your own because it's almost my cosmos vibes, right? You've got us, we've got you, we're intertwined together. You'll never be alone because you found this thing. Maybe it doesn't have to be called You Never Walk Alone because that is too close to the Liverpool bone for me as well. Yeah. But this sort of army, BTS, togetherness message, I think is a really powerful one that you don't get from the title of Wings. I think it it seems a bit random before you look into it, but I thought when I looked into the the topics of You Never Walk Alone and sort of put them together with Wings, I thought it made a lot of sense actually for it to be sort of added on at the end because I think Wings as a, an era is quite a dark one. It's all about like recognizing the dark side and the dark side of fame and the dark side mm. of like their first meeting with evil and all that sort of stuff. Mm. There's a risk that Wings can be seen as quite pessimistic, whereas through the songs that they've added in You Never Walk Alone, they're trying to sort of put a positive spin on it and say, yes, everything has a dark side. Yes, there's ups and downs. Yes, there's a good realm and an evil realm and and sort of that's something that we have to live with as we mature and we venture into any world really but for them specifically this world of like fame and success but actually if we can face that stuff together then we will be able to and be stronger so it makes sense as a sort of the solution to the problem that wings tosses up in a way yeah they hint on it in the after wings song right of the like oh army have given us wings and now we're going to fly towards our future but actually how we're going how are we going to do that always well, because we're going to face it together yeah I mean, that's fair i still think you could stick in another six songs after wings is the era and be the answer I and mean, yeah. there's more in that and they explore that topic later right when you get to the yeah. microcosmoses when the album got announced as a repackaged there were a lot the same feelings on Twitter being like why is there only like two extra songs really on it a lot of people hated the fact that they'd waited and just got two extras like me well that's how we felt about proof right yeah I think when that's you the... waited as a comeback and you're getting a concept that you've spent loads of time with that's repackaged whereas yeah but that's I the think... case whenever you repackage anything right mm. especially if you do it like they did with proof where they were like come back come back come back I'm actually no it's like it's three new songs it's an but I don't know if that's how they did it this time but you're gonna get people annoyed about not having more songs whatever you do like mm. with Jimin's album everyone's like oh is it only six, six songs? songs why is Job's album only 20 minutes long mm. like that's a little bit inevitable I thought there was like a poetic beauty to them mm. having put these two together and I can't I'm not saying that they couldn't have made more songs about this they could have done a mm. whole 15 song album being like this is light and dark but this is actually when we're together mm. it could have been way more than four songs but I think they make sense as as something that can exist back to back or symbiotic or, yeah exactly yeah but there also wasn't much time because Wings came out in October and this came out in February. So that's it what I was going like to say. A... And they were touring, right? Yeah. So, so this is a way to keep on the forefront, keep producing content. Yeah. And also for the, the people that waited, like you waited like four months maybe and then got three new songs and then you waited like three, four more months and you got Love Yourself Hurt. So it's mm. not like people have been sitting on Twitter being like, where's my fucking BTS album? <laughs> <laughs> no, but if you've sold a comeback and it's not a comeback, you are yeah, pretty angry. That's fair, that's fair. Anyway, for those who haven't listened to Wings, we have did two very thorough episodes on it. So please go back and listen to those if you haven't. But what I've written is the message of sort of everything as a dark side can seem both quite pessimistic and quite sort of that you could easily be weighed down by. Of like... I can work as hard as I want, but actually 
the place of eternal joy and sort of heaven on earth doesn't exist. No. And therefore, that's sort of what I believe that the role of this repackaged extension of the Wings album is, is to provide a bit of a an optimistic twist, like I said, on the message of Wings in terms of there is good and there's evil in the world. world. Nothing can exist one without the other. The evil and the dark sides are not insurmountable because you never walk alone mm. and you can face it and persevere together. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Strong message. And I think all the songs sort of link up to this mm. theme, really, of togetherness. Togetherness and also challenges, but like facing those challenges together. So the first song, Spring Day, you were going to do the lyrics of that one, Tash, weren't you? Yep. So Spring Day is written by P Dog, RM, Adora, Hitman Bang, Alyssa, Rupert, Peter, Ibsen, and Sugar, and produced by P Dog. No hobby. No hobby. Shocker. I know. Well, he's not even in the song, so. No, I know. <laughs> he is. He's not. He must have been very naughty that month. <laughs> so to be like, like, that's it. Aram, like, even did the V-Live in his studio. I'm like, fuck hobby. Yeah. <laughs> he's not getting a line on this song and I'm going to talk about for 20 minutes in his studio because it smells nicer. Yeah, Aram did his V-Live about this album from Hobie Studio because he said it smells nicer and he was like oh he's got much less decor than I do it's much nicer but yeah it, but it's I didn't even give him that Tash has mentioned that I didn't realize before you mentioned but yeah there is no official J-Hope line in the song when they perform it he sings the intro bit yeah, of Arms and yeah. then he also does the slow bit at the end of the second chorus mm. he does as well so they've given him two bits in the performance, but no bits in the actual song. No bits in the actual song. Yeah, which I feel like, that's such a dumb oversight. Such... Just give him that, like, outro of the, the, outro of the second chorus would have been enough. J-Hope would have sung vocals on it, right? That's what Aram said. Like, yeah. normally all three of them record and P-Dog picks his favourite. It, it's just an editing oversight, I think. But they should have just given him the outro of that second chorus. The vocal line don't get much more than that. Mm. So When I watched all the reaction videos, everyone was like, oh my God, J-Hope's the air, like... When's he going to sing his part? Can't wait for his verse. Like, his rap's going to be so good. And then he didn't come up and they're like, what the actual fuck? But then a lot of videos, do you know where you you remove the, like, the top vocal and then listen underneath? And apparently Hobie's, like, in it. Maybe he does sing on that second chorus. I thought it was, like, Jackie and Jen or something. Maybe mm. it's Jackie and Hobie. Yeah, and the lyrics, but... they're down as V and Hobie. But we're going to look past it because it's a great song. So a lot of people link this music video and the song to the so-called fairy disaster they actually were asked about it and um Jin said that even though the song has a link to that it's more about um longing and a look to the past and what's been lost in it the whole song and music video and the references they're sort of about loss in general but also, there are things in the music video that we'll talk about that very much seem to at least be directly related to to this incident. What happened with the ferry was it was overloaded and then capsized. Only 172 passengers survived. A majority of them were high school students that were going from Incheon to Jeju on a school trip. There were 476 passengers and 304 people died. 250 of those were the students from Danwon High School in Ansan. After the sinking, a widespread social and political reaction occurred. People criticised the captain and most of the crew because out of the 172 people that survived, 
a large majority of them were actually like the crew members. And I mm-hmm. think the captain, he actually survived mm-hmm. and he told the children to stay inside and just not evacuate. We'll be fine. We'll help will come. But he left. He left. And, yeah. Yeah. There were a lot of um, controversy around the fact that they had asked people to stay in their seats rather than try and get out. And they thought that the reason that so many students died was because young people are more likely to follow orders. orders. There were a lot around it that sort of made it worse. The Korea Coast Guard hadn't managed to save a lot of the victims, whereas the government and the media had reported that people were being rescued, adding to sort of the agony and the hope of the Mm. families, obviously. And then the friends of the passengers that they were like, oh, no, it's fine. It's not fine. We're rescuing them. And then actually they're not doing a very good job rescuing. And also, you know, they're not coming back. Difficult. Yeah. And there were speculations about illegal practices from the ferry company and passengers, like Natasha said, were told to stay in their seats while the ship was going down. And most of the people that survived were the people that didn't stay in the seats, obviously. So sad. Mm-hmm. The captain and three crew members were charged with murder. While the over 11 members were indicted of abandoning the ship as part of a government campaign to manage public sentiment over official response of the sinking, arrest warrant was issued to the owner of the company that got it, I think, and he could not be found and it was later revealed that he'd killed himself in this field. Jeez. If you do actually read, like, the Wikipedia page, it's a very sketchy story like it wore like a commercial shipping boat from japan and then they made it so then it were like people could go in it they added two extra decks and the somehow in the law it got allowed the the limit was 200 tons it were allowed up to like 1000 and summit tons so which is like a huge difference and probably the reason why it capsized so like yeah. safety as well, like repurposing a commercial vehicle for tourism and then no wonder the company was charged. Yeah, there were also a lot of criticism that um, Korea were denying like overseas help. Government got criticised for that. Yeah. That's like your kind of your facts and information about the ferry. But mm-hmm. now I'll go on to like the mixture of envy and lyrics. So for the initial scene, um, V is seen expressing like a guilty expression. So when he goes onto the train track, he's probably thinking, like, why did I survive? But then all my classmates and not. Yeah, it's survivor's guilt. I always wondered what that was about. Yeah. JK on the train is thinking about his friend that died. Jimin has gone back to the sea to reminisce about his friends. Hmm. And RM is stood in a carriage with lots of belongings scattered around, which is representing what probably happened on board, where people took the belongings and... They were never brought back. Mm-hmm. So the first lyric is, I miss you. It's in stem form in Korean. This means that the statement is not intended for any specific person or listener. Instead, it just a sudden declaration of grief and longing for a person or multiple people. Yeah, I think it's obviously insinuates that the song is about sort of a general longing for a lost loved one or grief for sort of multiple people. People like thought it were meant to offer comfort to the nation and I guess just in general, BTS wanting to bring comfort to people that have lost loved ones in any situation. The next lyric is, Though I'm looking at your picture, I still miss you. Time is cruel. I hate us. 
us who now find it difficult to see each other, even for once. It's all winter here. Even in August, winter comes. Yeah, I think he's using winter as sort of the symbol of the hard times that he's going through. Whereas, you know, spring day insinuates that the time when, when things are going to get easier and brighter is sort of coming. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. And also, apparently, I read that the I miss you, even uh, though I'm looking at your picture, the your he uses is plural. There's multiple, multiple people, people in the photo. Mm. And the I hate us, right? Like a whole yeah. nation. You can read into that. Mm-hmm. And times are cruel. Obviously, it's been a long, long time since it happened, but you still sort of have that. Mm. Just like, oh, I can't believe that. Think of someone who's died and like the last time you saw them. Mm. Like, you can't believe that it's been that long. So, yeah. So the next lyric is, my mind leaps through time. Snowpiercer that is left alone, holding your hand, I go to the other side of the world, I wish to end this winter. How much longing must fall like snow before the spring day arrives, friend. So there's Snowpiercer, is, uh, the guy that made Parasite. Yeah, it was directed by Bong Joon-ho. He made the movie Snowpiercer in 2013. Do you really want to tell good. the listeners what happens in the film? Yes, a film that symbolises human society, wealthy government at the front of the train and lower class at the back of the train and how the front treat the back of the train in such an inhumane way, which links to what Christine said, saying that like younger people and ordinary, ordinary citizens always just expect to follow the rules. So we am just sitting there and just waiting, thinking, oh, I'm going to be rescued because someone more in charge is telling me that's right then it's kind of like they're being oppressed yeah well and it's set in a dystopian future right yeah so what happens is that they try and experiment with a way of sort of reversing global warming they try and uh, pump this stuff into the atmosphere to strengthen it but then actually they end up triggering a new ice age making Mm. it impossible for people on earth to survive except for these people who are aboard this constantly moving train. The train's designed as like a tourist destination thing. It's not designed for an apocalypse. It's like this tourist thing that you can get on. Everyone scrambles to get on it. And depending on where you get on as well. So there's some people who are rich but get on at the end who then get forced into the lower classes. Mm -hmm. I think it's a really good social commentary movie on how ultimate power corrupts as always. And there's a Netflix series on it as well, which is Mm. more exploratory of different models of surviving if that dystopian society, that dystopian reality became normal. Yeah. So like Natasha said, it's about the sort of upper class and the government are in the front cars and they sort of want for basically nothing, live a very, uh, very good life, whereas the poor clientele or the scum as they're dubbed in the movie are cramped towards the back cards and living in squalid conditions with basically no resources the uh, do they have to eat crickets in the movie yeah yeah they do um well they have sushi i yeah. live in an aquarium yeah the upper class treat them horribly with which is a symbolic representation of human society and the film is about when there's a riot from the back carts of the train which comes up in the movie which is led by the main protagonist called Curtis, and he Mm. seeks to control the train's engine, which is at the front. He eventually makes it to the front of the car and is seen alone there. So he's alone for the first time in 18 years on the Snowpiercer, which is what the lyrics say, alone on the Snowpiercer. But he cries when he gets there because he's sort of in the process of getting to the front. He's sort of lost everyone he loved. So he's 
he's alone on the snowpiercer mm. and if you're alone on the snowpiercer because obviously the snowpiercer have the last remaining people on earth then you're completely alone mm. it's a massive so, sacrifice they make massive sacrifices of people and yeah. human life even though life is so precious yeah exactly um to drive what to drive social norm and social balance under one dictator's view and i think the line of being alone on the snowpiercer is probably a commentary of sort of grief and depression and everything you can feel after a tragedy like this can be so isolating that you can feel as if you're alone on the snowpiercer as that's sort of the level of alone that you are Mm. the reference to snowpiercer has a lot of layers i think because as Natasha mentioned, obviously it alludes to the sort of normal people and children without natural authority and privilege are expected to follow orders and sort of listen to authorities, even though even if they're being oppressed. And it's sort of the image of the society that's sort of stuck within those norms. Like mm. you, you can't sort of break out of that society. And they've been trying to improve that like as a band for a long time. They've been trying to push those. Yeah boundaries and they want to tell kids not to be not to study be machines exactly, yeah. and speaking mm-hmm. on behalf of a young generation yeah. to then see that actually nothing's changed it has the level of sort of the critique of an oppressive government but it also has a level of like i'm so isolated that i feel like i'm alone on the snow piercer that's how how tough this is for me and also i i guess we should say in the, in the movie one of the characters sees a snowflake mm. that comes through the window and sort of suspects as a result that actually it might be possible to live outside because apparently snowflakes can only form when it's not very cold outside because yeah, you yeah. need moisture in the air. That makes it a very suitable reference for spring day. So I put in the movie, they suspect that the cold time is coming to an end and they want to break out from this authority that's keeping them within the train. And there's signs that that may be possible. Yeah. Back to you, Natasha, sorry. During those lyrics that have been said, in the music video, RM leaves the train and goes to the, what looks like a shop called Omelas. It's a motel, I think. Omelas. Omelas, which is a fictional town in a book called The Ones Who Walk Away From Omelas. The synopsis is, The Ones Who Walk Away From Omelas is the story of a utopian society whose survival and happiness depends on suffering of children. You've it's told me just, about it's this. It's just one one child. Yeah. One child suffers oh. for the happiness of the... We've, we've talked about it already. We talked about it in Pay Club. The ones who walk away from Melis is about one child that suffers on so that society can remain really prosperous and, and happy. So then RM moves forward in the train like the movie Snowpiercer. He exits and the... Building that's in front says Omelas, which is a fictional town in a book called The One Who Walked Away from Omelas, which is a story of a utopian society whose survival and happiness depends on the suffering of a child. In short, it's about how someone's happiness and prosperity means someone else's suffering, and those ignore the suffering, stay happy. Ignorance is bliss. Yeah, yeah. I think it's it, here it's meant to represent obviously the sort of the single child that has to suffer for everyone else to be happy is the way that people sort of turn away from the weak and the sort of downtrod and the way that it links to the disasters obviously that the kids were the people that suffered because of what those in charge were telling them because they were telling them stay in their seats. Oh, that's fair. And also it's a bit of a picture of 
grief as well because the whole song is about dealing with your grief and not ignoring it whereas so the child is who's alone and suffering in darkness is sort of symbolizing that grief it's a good reference yeah the book is by ursula k Le Guin and it was published in the 70s it's a short story part of a collection of short stories so as he's walking through the carriage it says i wish to end this winter and um a lot of poets use this to describe death like a circle of life scenario i guess spring represents like new life even though they passed away they're still moving on to like the memories from when they were alive not just like draining on the their dead part yeah and also i guess how long is it gonna weigh me down i guess obviously if someone if your child is dead you're probably not gonna get over it so to speak but you need to sort of be able to hope that spring in the form of lighter times are going to come otherwise you know what's the point so yeah it's a good metaphor when he walks through the carriage and then he the scene we are they're all like throwing stuff at him it's like he's got to front of the train where he confronts injustice in the film they're like you're not coming through we're gonna kill you all so i guess that's what they're trying to represent in that scene but it's very playful uh, that's probably my favorite scene of the music video yeah, it's a bit, a bit of a weird one, isn't it? It looks like they're having fun, but I also heard the thing about how it's meant to represent getting attacked, and he's got a very strange sort of solemn facial expression as he's standing there when they're throwing the stuff at him, so it's a weird one. <laughs> and then it says, like a tiny dust wandering in the void, if I were a fluttering snowflake, I would be able to reach you a little faster. The flowers of snowfall... A little by little, they drift apart. I miss you, I miss you. Which which is really lovely. <laughs> yeah, it's just nice, I think. Well, he talked about in his V-Live, he talked about how he was inspired by the leaves falling because he said he went to a park and sort of watched leaves falling off a tree and then he sort of came up with a melody watching the leaves falling and then changed it, changed to, it snow. to snowflakes because of the spring day, winter metaphor. So The dust, it could be a deaf cremation metaphor. Because then you become dust once you're dead and then you're closer to the people that have already died. You believe in being reunited in heaven. Yeah. So the next part in the music video is Jane on the stairs and Jane's supposed to represent the one that's passed away and he's looking at the others that are like climbing and growing up and he's like stuck and then it says how much longer should I wait and how many sleepless nights should I spend before I get to see you before I get to meet you past the edge of cold winter until the spring day comes again until flowers bloom please stay there a while longer which is really sad it's so sad it's such a strange thing that every spring it gets to number one again and it's about people dying but, yeah, but it's about people remembering. Yeah, as well. it's about remembering the dead. Yeah, it's a message of comfort, isn't it? So yeah. Mm-hmm. And the next few scenes of the music video is everyone just like going about their lives. And um, I guess when someone in your family does pass away, it's hard to think like like I'm still carrying on with my life. But then yeah, that person will never get to experience it. Like a thing that I used to always think about with Nana, we're like. She's never going to see this episode of Coronation Street, and I bet she would have loved it. Like, it's such a strange feeling that they should be experiencing it, not just me. Wow, that's really beautiful. <laughs> I mean, that's why people have like photos of family at weddings and christenings and that sort of stuff because they're always remembered. Um, the next lyrics say, 
would it be that you've changed or I've changed? I hate even the time that is passing right now. I guess it's us that have changed. I guess everyone has changed. Yeah, I hate you. Though you left, even for a day, I haven't forgot you. Oh, it's so emotional. Yeah. You got some anger there as well, right? You've got all the stages of grief, the sort of, Mm -hmm. what is it? Like sadness, anger, bargaining, depression, acceptance. That section is really nice. There is a an understanding of this song as well that's about mental issues and suicide and stuff like that. So I think that lyric of I hate you, you left me makes maybe more sense in that context because there's a few other sort of symbols in the music video that you can interpret in both ways. But you can be angry at the fact that someone stayed in their seat as well, like even though they were just listening to the people that had told them to. So I guess it seems a bit irrational, but like you said, it's a stage of grief. So, but it's a really beautiful section. I like, I love the bit where Jimin and Sugar sort of harmonize. Like it's like a call and response section where Jimin like repeats what he says. So yeah, it's nice. When they sit back to back, right? In the performance. Mm. So the next bit is, though you left, even for a day, I haven't forgotten you. To be honest, I miss you. I'll erase you now because doing so hurts me less than resenting you. I try blowing out you who aches my heart like white smoke. Though I say that I'll erase you, I can't actually let you go yet. Yeah, it's nice. It's a good verse from Jungi, obviously. (laughs) Shocker. But then, uh, (laughs) yeah, it's really sad. Yeah, I guess that's what, like, people that have like experienced a family or friend passing away there's loads of things that people say to you like it gets better with time and stuff like that but then you're like what you're really telling me is that like you'll think less and less of them it's not really the nicest thing to hear yeah but I think the song is trying to convince you that if you come together in grief and if you recognize grief and if you believe that you'll have better times again or brighter times again even if you know it won't be the same I think that's the message that the song's trying to trying to give you but obviously it is a very hard thing to do mm-hmm. I think it depends on where you're at in your grief right as to whether the comfort works I think lots of people try and say stuff that doesn't necessarily work or resonate but obviously the song has for that tragedy yeah I mean I don't think the song is trying to replicate the sort of platitudes of like oh it'll be okay like back up type thing mm. it's trying to say like if you've had a loved one pass away then you should share in that pain with your fellow loved ones who would also be experiencing the same pain and sort of you can relate to it together and work through it together and that way it'll be easier the next part is the flowers of snowfall a little by little they drift apart i miss you i miss you how much longer should i wait how many sleepless nights should i spend before i see you before i get to meet you And then it says, you know it all, you're my best friend. The morning will come again because no season can last forever. It seems like the cherry blossoms are blooming. This winter is also coming to its end. I miss you, I miss you. It's very, very poetic from everyone who wrote it. (laughs) Yeah. And then I think it goes on to the next same chorus again, Sleepless Nights bit. And it says, I'll come to meet you. I'll come pick you up. Past the edges of the cold water until spring day comes again, until flowers bloom. Please stay there a while longer, please stay. In the music video, Jimin picks up the shoes, which is kind of like he's picking up the 
washed stuff that's come up from the survivors. And then the line, I'll come to pick you up, is representing that he's got to change our attitude. He was hopelessly waiting for you. And now it's a bit of acceptance and being like, this person's never going to come back, but I can fight for him and say, like, justice needs to be made. So then that person will kind of live on and that it'll never, somehow this is never going to happen to other children. Mm. Lovely. That's it. Yeah. yeah. It's the whole time. Sadder than I expected. Yeah, it's very sad. And it's really beautiful, obviously. I think I wrote whether you think it's about the fairy disaster or about suicide rates or about depression or about missing someone you haven't seen in a while or all of the above, which I think is probably most likely it's meant to sort of be applicable in all the situations. It is a good sort of beacon of hope where grief and hard times are involved or where you sort of need to feel more hopeful or less alone. That's sort of all I wrote, except that I also wrote a lot about how beautiful the vocals are. Jimin's sort of soulful delivery is really good. I think JK's harmonizing is great. And obviously also V's vocals on the bridge, I think, are gorgeous. When Jungkook sort of takes over and then into that big, loud vocal from Jimin was a different sort of style than he normally sings where he sort of belts out that last chorus, which is really nice. And a lot of the rap, soft rap, right? Yeah. Gentle vocal rap which we always like. We've got time for a soft, gentle rap. It's obviously a bit of another vocal from RM. Yeah, it sets the tone, doesn't it? It sets that. This is a not an angry rap. This is a solemn song. Yeah. Did you know the lyrics were this deep? Kind of, but I'd never experienced grief. So reading it again, you're obviously like, oh, shit, and that bit, and that bit. So it's it's different. Yeah. yeah. All I will say, though, is that I did cry a lot of this song when it was released. And then, obviously, you do your initial watch, you go back and read captions, and then you do about four more watches just to, like, see if you've catched out. And, like, even though not really understanding, I probably cried more than I couldn't listen to it for, like, weeks and weeks. But, nah, I, I love it. Oh, You cry <laughs> a lot. I don't think I cried at Spring Day. I didn't really know much about it other than it's, you know, it's one of the three. It's Magic Shock, Microcosmos, Spring Day, yeah. End of the Night songs. Yeah, I think um, I cried. So I knew when... it was important, but I don't think I've ever cried at it. I think I cried in Busan when they played it. I cried uh... the whole of Busan, that's that would count. <laughs> <laughs> I cried from zero o'clock onwards <laughs> until we came home. I can't remember if I cried reading the lyrics. I think maybe I cried more about the music video mm. because when I sort of was researching that and putting everything together and sort of watched the same scene over and over and over again to try and make sense of it. There's one reference in it, which I'll talk about in a minute, but I cried a lot of that, I remember. I've just seen in me thoughts of it that I've got cried watching it. When I was watching it, it felt like BTS had gone forever. For some reason, it was like a... I think the spring day comeback would our dear, like, you know, at three o'clock, just like refresh, refresh, refresh. That were like my, oh my God, BTS is sad. They're going, no, they're going, why is it so sad? I guess this for my, like, no, don't go. Even though the defo won't. Aww. Yeah, they weren't gone then. Oh, you thought in 2017 they were going to go? 
Yeah. <laughs> well, they almost broke up in 2018, so yeah. it's not that, not that far off. Thankfully, they didn't. No. I mean, that's fair, actually. I think it's nice. That's probably why they included it in Busan, right, as the track. But also, it sends a... I miss you track for military. Yeah, exactly. It sends a positive message of, like... Grieve together, army! <laughs> yeah, but also, we're like, we'll, there will be a spring day in 2025 when we will meet each other again. Yeah. And I... in the meantime, we can... <laughs> go through the motions together i think i remember their first covid concert in korea the you know the banner had been the lyrics from spring day the winter's over and spring's here yeah and it was really representative of that period of struggle over covid and then then coming back so maybe it'll be the banner in 2025 slash 2026 slash ever (laughs) thanks to stupid bankpedia and his latest it's not not never it's maybe it's, it's like maybe but the original statement said around 2025 so he is in accordance with his own words but yeah it's definitely true about covid i've included some of the well maybe just one but there were a lot of performances of it in covid because obviously it's uh the sort of waiting for the winter and for spring day to come when we can all be together and again and then sort of the, how long do i have to wait oh, and i miss you i miss you it's very apt for that time so we'll talk a bit more about that when we get to that performance but yeah is there anything else that rm said in his v live you want to mention yeah so rm in his v live said that the day that he was sort of inspired to write spring day and because he was sort of having a strange day he didn't go to his normal parks he didn't go to hand river and do all his writing where he wrote reflections he went to a new park uh say it gang yeah, okay. gang, I think it was. Yeah. Uh, which is a, like a hidden attraction that he'd recommended if you were over there. Yeah. And and he saw the leaves fall in and he felt strange looking at them. So he picked one up. Oh, and then he mentioned that the leaves looked like the anime's umbrellas. Yeah. The Totoro. Totoro's umbrella. Yeah. And then he said, it was windy and the leaf blew away. And in that moment, he just thought of the melody. Yeah. He said <laughs> um, he'd received the track. And he was walking around listening to the track. And apparently, I think he said that the track already had the, like, I miss you section in it. Or, mm-hmm. like, it came with those words. I wasn't really sure what he said. But he said that he was, like, listening to the track. And then he sent it back to Bang PD with really pausing in. Yeah. And Bang <laughs> PD said it was great, but it'd be probably better if the vocal line sung it. Yeah. Um, you couldn't tell because Aaron was singing <laughs> It's so poorly. He's like, it's good, but I'm not sure. He said it was the first time he'd written a chorus for a title track. And he said it was about friends asking how he was. And it reminded him of how he'd not spoken to a lot of them in a while. Yeah. And that actually the realisation was because he's now famous, they won't reach out to him. Mm. It's his responsibility to reach out to them. So if you're thinking about it and you're missing someone, just do it. Just reach out to your friends. End the winter and bring about the spring day and those friendships. He also said he caught a dragonite. Yeah. <laughs> Very chaotic V line. It, it was, was definitely one of the worst to, ones. He was trying to be engaging, but also quick, I think. It was just a lot. But I'd heard before that he'd said that it was about school friends that he hadn't seen in a while. And I was like, oh my God, he must be speaking in code about like school friends you've not seen in a while because They're they've dead. passed away. Yeah, exactly. I thought it was like a, I'm not allowed to tell you it's about the civil fairy disaster. So I'm just going to say it's about school friends I've not seen. But when I watched the V Live, I was like, no, he's just, he's just rambling. So just chatting on <laughs> <Yeah. shit. laughs> That's not what it is. He gave a really good explainer of it at the top, then mentioned Hobie and Wings, then did the supplementary show. And then he was like, thanks, Spring Day. I'm always missing my friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, he said it was about his like five closest 
friends from like middle school and high school that he'd sort of noticed the distance between himself and them since he'd sort of started on his idol journey and which I guess is natural. We also know that there was two tracks put forward for Spring Day. Yeah. One by our, you know, yet to be MVP V. Oh. oh. Which actually is really nice. It's on Proof CD3, guys. Go find it. It's also on SoundCloud if you don't have the CD player. <laughs> I was going to say if you don't have the album, but I'm guessing all Everyone's of our listeners the have the album. Yeah. If you don't, the then you should take a look at yourself now. Um. <laughs> Get off the podcast and go buy Proof. Yeah. And then listen to the Proof episode where we all cry. Yeah. Yeah. Spray. No, don't do that. Yeah. So there's that really nice version from V, which we liked when we listened mm-hmm. to it, but it's not our own spring day, is it? No. And I think also- V just got unlucky. If it was a different song at a different time, it could have been. But he, he was sort of, be. yeah, he's, I remember he said he sort of submitted it and Peter had been like, yeah, yeah, this is really good. Like, I think we're going to go with this. And then a few days later, they'd met up and he'd been like, yeah, so like, what did you go with? And they were like, no arms. <laughs> I think Aram submitted his latest. It was well, like, right? yeah, that, he had done his and like, yeah. it was all ready to go and he was super excited. And then it was like, well, Aram went for a walk to the park and yeah. caught a dragon eye and we're going with his because. He's a genius. I think melodically it's equally nice. I don't know what lyrics be it contributed. So maybe it's just it was just that the lyrics the melody, that yeah. RM had written fit the melody. But yeah, I also remember he said that he wrote half the lyrics for the song, including his verse and the chorus. So he's contributed a lot of the lyrics to this song, I guess, maybe just apart from the bridge and, and Sugar's verse. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Good job. Good job, Junie. Yep. Onto the MV. Onto the MV, yeah. So obviously Natasha's covered off some points of the MV already, but true to myself, I did a real thorough deep dive in this. I'll go over what I have and then we can see if it sort of aligns. Because I think a lot of the, I watched a few explainers and looked at notes online and they don't all agree on what this is about. So it opens on Tay at the train station it's obviously snow covered train tracks he walks over and he puts his cheek down on the track so that's as Natasha mentioned is potentially an image of survivor's guilt meaning that he might be sort of meant to portray a survivor of the accident we see images of Jungkook staring sort of wistfully out the train window and the I've just called him bubblegum (laughs) on the beach staring out the waves and then back at us so they all look like they could be sort of mourning their friends and I want, I wrote, is it meaningful that it's Maknae Lion as in the kids of the band? But I'm, I'm not sure. Mm, um, maybe. And then we have RM standing in the middle of the train carriage alone. But behind him, we see loads of the abandoned suitcases. And Natasha mentioned that as well, reminding us of the students that took their belongings on the trip to Jeju and never brought them back. So there's a scene with RM moving forward in the train, sort of that links to the sort of main character of Snowpiercer, who goes to confront the government. And... The Snowpiercer reference, we sort of alluded to this already, but I think it's there to sort of, because of the criticism against the government that in the movie sort of mimic the criticism towards the government after the ferry disaster. And then the train has also been seen by some as representing the sort of seemingly endless cycle of pain in Greece, because obviously it had to keep going and keep moving and you had to stay on the train to stay alive. So there was no no way out of that train cycle so RM moves out of the train towards what looks like a motel called Amelas. Amelas refers to Ursula K. Le Guin's short story The Ones Who Walk Away from Amelas. 
And it's a story about a utopian society where in order for everyone else to be happy, one child must perpetually suffer in darkness. And the citizens are told about the child once they're old enough, but despite most of their initial disgust, most of them choose to live on in the unbelievable happiness, believing that it's sort of worth it for the greater good. There are some who choose to walk away. They go alone and it isn't known where they go, but they never come back is the end of the story. So the reference to Amela's is there to point out that when there are injustices in society or when authorities make immoral decisions, it's often the weakest and those with the smallest voices and the least agency and resources who suffer and who are silenced and overlooked. And that's symbolized by the child. And then I wrote that the child could also be representing the truths that we cannot face, like grief we try to ignore rather than acknowledge. All the scenes, I think, where you see them on the train or in the Amelis Motel is meant to sort of represent the grief and the oppression that you can't get away from. RM walks past Jungia and Hobi through a door and then is back on the train. He walks past Jungkook, who is sitting alone and sort of ignores him. And that, that's why people think that he is meant to represent the child from the Amela story. He, as an RM, walks through another door and there is seemingly a, like a party scene where Jimin throws the cake towards RM's face. You can see in the behind the scenes that he he's meant to throw it at his face, I think, and then he misses. Doesn't have a mean bun in his body. Just no, <laughs> no, he can't throw a cake at anyone. And the others throw like crisps and confetti and stuff in his direction. And I think some people say it's representing them being happy in Amela's and being like, oh yeah, these are the times when everything's fine and we don't know anything about suffering. But like Natasha alluded to. RM's got this sort of quite sad and confused expression as it's happening. So I saw as well one interpretation saying that it's sort of meant to link to how the main character was attacked as he walked through the train in Snowpiercer. And I guess maybe it's a comment on that you can't just ignore the pain that you're feeling after a loss and pretend to be happy. I guess it's a throwback to the sort of overall theme of Wings of the sort of we can't expect to always walk on flower paths and it will always be there, essentially, especially if you've suffered a loss like this. And then there's a scene on the staircase where Jin is left alone at the bottom and he makes those little like camera hands. So Natasha said that Jin's meant to represent a victim that doesn't sort of get to move on with the others, which I think makes sense. But there's also some people that think he's meant to represent a survivor. And then they, his friends are sort of moving up the stairs towards heaven. Mm. So... Makes sense. Yeah, and there's a bit in, in the video where he definitely looks like he's a survivor, but I don't know if it's sort of if the scenes are interlinked. It doesn't really seem like they are all the time. Then we see Jungkook stood in front of a now very famous, the rusty You Never Walk Alone carousel. Mm. So carousels are obviously an attraction for children, but the rust suggests it's no longer in use. Oh. So it's sort of mainly representing the children who are no longer there. Well, yeah, and he isn't he'll be abandoned by a carousel. Yeah, that's true, Ashley. It's a, lot, a nod to the universe story. So we see Rapline then stood in front of the massive Omela sign. And there are loads of scenes of them together sort of in the motel where they're sort of drawing on each other and they're piercing Jimin's ear at mm. one point. And then some of them, they look like they're having a lot of fun, but some of them look really like beat down and tired and solemn. It's a bit of a weird section. They're all sat on this one big chair and watching a candle on a birthday cake and they all look really forlorn as if they're sort of trying to move on with their life. But it's difficult because they can't deny that this sort of tragedy has happened because it's interspersed with scenes of the McNeil line alone again. So you have 
Tay on the train tracks, Jungkook on the train, and Jimin picking up the shoes from the beach as if they've washed up there. And apparently I also found out that abandoned shoes can be a symbol of suicide in Eastern mm. pop culture. It's thought to be because of the custom to remove shoes when entering a home. Because just like you wouldn't want to drag dirt into the home, you wouldn't want to drag it into the afterlife. So it's customary to remove the shoes of someone before they pass away. Take them off before you jump off the bridge, right? Yeah, exactly. So that you leave the shoes left on the bridge. You leave them behind. Yeah. So that is another way of sort of interpreting the shoes. But I guess it's it's pretty telling that they're on the beach. Mm. Um, So there are scenes of them together outside and inside the laundromat. The laundromat has this sort of mountain decor on the walls. And we see Jin turning his head back, looking through the circular washing machine window where the clothes are tumbling around in the water, which is about to be quite important because the next thing we then see is Jin from the inside of the washing machine. And you see him sort of through the circular window with the mountains behind him. So it looks like he's sort of standing outside and we're in the water. And that's why people think that he's a survivor because... We can see him we while we're drowning. We see him as outside while we're drowning. Yeah, exactly. And there's an understanding that when someone turns their head back, it's because they're dwelling on the past. And there was also, it's a circular window, which I guess you could think of as like a ship window. A ship, yeah. yeah. Like on Titanic. Mm-hmm. Other ships are available. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's a scene on Titanic where it's just a smash with the circular window and then like get out of the hot Yeah. But yeah, other ships also have circular windows. Yeah. At I least guess... I didn't say like on below deck. No. <laughs> I got below deck. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's sort of a valid reference, right? Because mm-hmm. it's just thinking show. So so then the the washing machines, when they zoom in on the washing machines, they also have a, a sticker with a checklist saying, don't forget. And oh. there were sentiments from those in charge and from like adults at the time that encouraged, there were some surviving students, obviously. They were encouraging these students to sort of forget about it and sort of move on, move on with their lives. And... Naturally, that was met with resistance from the students saying that they didn't want to forget about their friends or sort of what had happened and they wanted to honour their memories. And then this is where the metaphor becomes very impressive because it cuts straight from us inside the washing machine with the tumbling clothes to this big mountain of clothes that Sugar's sitting on. Ah, yeah. I always wondered about the mountain. It's good, graphically. Yeah, it's not CGI. You oh, can see it in the, I've seen that before. In the making of. Making They've made a big it. tower of clothes. And he's wearing this beautiful, <laughs> beautiful pink <laughs> jumper. And he looks all luminous when he, when he sits his, on it. He's got blonde hair. Yeah. No, no, he's got no. black hair. But his skin looks like, oh my gosh. Flawless. Drop your skin routine when you <laughs> I've been saying oh, that. Is that years. all the washed up clothes? No. No, sellers. The mountain is a reference to a 2010 art installation mm-hmm. by a French artist called Christian Boltansky. And it was a 40 foot tall mountain of clothing flanked by an industrial crane. And about the piece, he said that clothes are simply placeholders for real people who have lived real lives. And for him, the clothing represented people. And there were about 6,000 articles of clothing, each representing one person. And he said the magnitude of the pile represent the heaviness of the people who we have now lost. Oh. And the crane represented the hand of God adding the clothes to the top of the pile, representing the souls being lifted to a higher place. Wow. Mm-hmm. That is very cool reference. Yeah. I've seen an art installation with shoes in the line representing, I think it was a disaster. Yeah. Um, when you sort of put that in context of seeing the clothes whirling around in the water for then from the in the water and then just onto the mountain that's it's it. really quite clear yeah. yeah um yeah there's a scene with hobie sat on top of the train with the paper plane so the paper plane 
could symbolize childhood like the carousel Mm. but also I read that in eastern culture it can be a symbol of starting over and throwing yourself into the future which I think is probably what he's trying to do here because he's sort of taking deep breaths and spreading his arms like wings he looks like he's trying to sort of let it go and yeah come to terms with something yeah and then it's done Uh, maybe sort of more peaceful than burning (laughs) but yeah (laughs) different song so then Jungkook is standing in front of the carousel, which lights up, and we see the sort of sped up versions of the members walking around him whilst he stood there silently, and they're not noticing him as if he's the child from Amela's, or as if he feels isolated by his grief, and he's wearing the same jumper in that scene as he, he, and he, as he wears on the train. So, so everyone else has moved on. Yeah, I think that's what it's meant to signify. And he looks very lonely. And in the carousel scene, there are these yellow ribbons that are hanging all over the carousel. They link to this Seoul Ferry um, yellow ribbon campaign. So yellow ribbons apparently are have been used to signify like loads of stuff. And the yellow ribbons were quickly adopted after the disaster as a symbol of the hope for the safe return of passengers. But when it, it then became clear that the victims wouldn't be returning, the symbol sort of evolved first into one of mourning. And then when it was eventually reported that a lot of the deaths could have been prevented if the government and the ferry staff had reacted differently, the symbol then turned into one of defiance against the government's incompetence and corruption. Protest symbol. Yeah, exactly. And then yellow ribbons were spread both physically and virtually all over South Korea. So the victims' families adopted the yellow ribbon as a main symbol of their protest against against the government. And they remained present in demonstrations and calls for the president to be impeached until he finally was in 2017. Yeah, then it's 100% about the very clear references to the disaster. Uh, There was one interpretation from one girl who thought it was just about suicide and mental health, and she said that yellow ribbons were also used as a symbol for suicide awareness. Uh, So it could still be both. But I read that in 2016, they raised a 30-foot-tall art installation called Hui Mang Chopul, the Candle of Hope, in the Gwangamun Square in Seoul, where we were. And this statue served as a symbol of both the Seoul protest and the impeachment efforts and was covered in yellow ribbons. So even though it had been two years since the disaster, it was sort of very much still in the culture. And so by the time the song came out, I feel like the yellow ribbons would have been very recognisable to Mm. Koreans at the time as a reference to this. And then we see scenes of Jungkook distressed running through the train he's wearing a different outfit this time he keeps turning when he's running which signifies dwelling on the past it's as if he's trying to get back to the happy times of Omelas before they recognize the the truth of the child the other members join him and he walks sort of confidently away from Omelas and he looks sort of relieved and determined and then they all run through this hallway mm. towards the train that races past and Jungkook sees himself through the window and it's strange because both versions of him look just very puzzled as he sort of sees the train pass by. I was trying to figure it out for ages. I think maybe the per- the version of him that's running up to the train, he might have been confused that he was just on the train and then running up to the train and seeing himself on the train. So I wonder if that's like an allusion to the fact that you sort of never really escape the grief, I guess. Train- Could it be connected to a malice? The realisation that he's the child... Sacrifice that be. has to be sad and 
Yeah, but then it's weird that, that there's two versions of him. Two versions of him. Yeah, I thought about that. Yeah. Then the train Jungkook also looks really surprised at seeing the members outside. <laughs> I think he's puzzled by them all being together because up till now we've only seen that train Jungkook by himself. Mm. It's as if he sort of realizes something which comes up later. So the scene where they're sat together looking at the cake is replaced with just Jungkook lighting a match. In the next scene, the members are around him. And that apparently is a reference to the story of the Little Match Girl, which was published in 1845 by Danish author Hans Christian Andersen. It's the saddest story I've ever heard in my entire life. I have this very vivid memory of being told it in kindergarten and not being able to stop crying. But yeah, so it's about a little girl. She is barefoot out in the winter cold on New Year's Eve, trying to sell her matches on the street. And she can't go home because her father would beat her if she hadn't sold any matches. So she huddles between two buildings and then she lights one match to keep herself warm. And then in the light from the match, first she sees a warm iron stove and then she lights another and she sees this magnificent feast of food. And then with her next match that she lights, she sees her grandmother and then she constantly keeps like telling herself, oh, I'll just light one more match and one more match. But then she ends up burning them all. And then with the last matches, she sees the image of her grandmother carrying her to heaven as she's freezing to death. And then oh. the next morning, they find her body with a smile on her face. Because she should have sold the matches to not stay out in the cold. But yeah. she was so consumed by the grief that she wanted to continue to spend time yeah. looking at that. And within that fixation, didn't realise the impacts on her and therefore she died. Yeah. But she died happy. Yeah, it's meant to sort of stress the irony of her burning that which could keep her alive. And it's an allegory of not clinging to the past to the detriment of the future. But you, you can still remember those you loved without it being harmful, which is essentially the message of the song. Mm. And then from the fire of Jungkook's match, it cuts to the mountain of clothes again. But now it's in this big landscape full of sort of snowy mountains and all the members sit on it. So they're remembering those they lost together instead of one by one by the stage. Yeah. And they're not dead. No, they're not dead, no. They're just, just checking to remember. She said everyone on the mountain. <laughs> yeah, I think so, at least. I think they're sort of trying to... Grieve together. Grieve together, yeah. And then it cuts to Jungkook on the train again. But this time, it sort of pounds out so that we can see all the other members sat in the same train carriage oh. as him. It's so like I... the one where they're all sat in the position that they're then sat on later. Yes, oh. yeah. I had not noticed this before when I'd watched it, but actually, like, all the images that you see of Jungkook on the train are close-ups and then that very last scene they sort of start on him and then they widen the camera angles so that you see the whole car and I think the idea is that the members have been there the whole time ah. but he didn't know to lean on them because grief is so isolating hmm. yeah so consumed right and then maybe they're all having their own stories yeah exactly yeah but we're just following Jungkook oh, through so it links to the alone on the snow piercer lyric I've written which is probably why he looked so surprised when he saw the members out the window, because he saw them and they're all together. And then he was like, oh, wait. They're outside, they're over their grief. Yeah. They're here, they're together. Yeah. If I lean on them, it'll be easier for me. Yeah. Got it. Yes. Jimin leaves the train and sort of motions for the camera to follow. The members walk together away from the dystopian world represented by the train. Because just like in Snowpiercer, they've discovered that life is possible outside the train, it's, as in it's possible to move on. Mm-hmm. And then they walk over a snow-covered landscape where you can see the field underneath poking through as if it's spring. And Jimin leads them towards the single tree. And then the last thing we see is the shoes that Jimin found hanging in the tree. 
So in some cultures, shoes are hung in trees to commemorate the dead. It's thought that the shoes should be easy to find if their spirit returns and then they'll be able to walk closer to heaven. So yeah. And then I've written, take time to fawn over visuals. The sepia tones, the hair and the outfits. Mm, Grape mom. Grape mom. That was my first point. Pink Jimin. Bubblegum Jimin. And Fluffy JK. And then all of them in the fussy knitwear. I guess it sort of suits the vibe of the song. It's meant to be like comforting, isn't Mm. it? And some of the outfits are quite like childlike with the hats that they wear and the suspenders and like Juni's crown that he wears. Mm. Tay's hat with the flaps. Do you have any favorite looks from the movie? I do like um, Jimin's one where he's near the sea, where he's like partial bit of leg. Yeah. <laughs> All I remember about the spring day outfits is always being confused by JK and Jin wearing similar jumpers. Oh, yeah. They're wearing white jumpers with black stripes when I was trying to distinguish them from each other. And they are now <laughs> clearly two very different people yeah <laughs> wearing not even that similar outfit no <laughs> <laughs> yeah no my favorite is definitely you getting the hot pink sweater yeah yeah he yeah. looks great there yeah he does i also heard that traditionally the song has tended to chart alongside new releases whenever bts makes a comeback because to army comeback means that spring day has come oh so yeah are we happy with mb happy you feel differently about it now that all the references. Yeah, I liked the bit about the laundry and the mountain. Yeah, I think that, that bit's very good. It fits, right? Yeah, it's very fitting. I think it's really clever how they're able to reference all these things that are quite separate. Just like skipping through, I've realised that there's a lot of striped outfits and apparently it says stripes are one of the most ancient patterns imagined by humans to distinguish individuals excluded from society. Yeah, like stripy prison suits. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think that makes sense, though, because if you want to see it, it's like feeling ostracized by your your grief. Even the stylists are working. Yep. <laughs> Is and... it better than Blood 20 years? Oh, I don't know. It's yeah. so different. Think about it. Oh, well, it's yeah, so... but is it better? I don't know. This is on the back of a weekend where our new housemate asked a drunken Christine to tell her a bit more about BTS. And she spent at least an hour explaining Blood, Sweat and Tears, which is a five minute music video. Six minutes, by actually. Six minutes. I, <laughs> I was know. like, Sophia, why have you opened this box? See, I like all the like art references in Blood, yeah. Sweat and Tears because I studied art history and all the sort of grandeur of that but then i think spring day is very moving it sort of serves a completely different purpose if you could only have one oh i don't know i, I don't know. know you just don't want to say it i don't know no you'd keep spring day you'd take the 20 years i'd take the 20 years maybe you as in natasha i'd keep spring day just pointed at her it's an audio you'd keep the 20 years but I, you don't I, have to. I really don't want to have to get rid of any so yeah <laughs> well you, you, thankfully we live in a world where you don't no it's okay to say your rankings even though i know you dare to do it but also it's okay to say i think they're equally good do you think they're equally good yeah and you won't have to do it because when we do the end of year ranking yeah you'd have to pick what's one what's two. Oh yeah but you don't but have to i won't i don't because they're year. yeah they're in, they're in oh. separate years maybe we'll do it once we finish all the albums yeah, yeah. <laughs> 2027 <laughs> yeah come back to find out christine's made up her mind right so we move on to performances. performances so the first one i linked was the dance practice and i put what do we think about the dance 
doesn't need it. No. Um, I, I think the problem is, is I've seen a lot of the performances without the dance, and I've seen them not do any dancers. Whereas I guess back then in 2017, it'd, it'd be very rare for them to do a comeback, go into a music show and not have any yeah, choreo yeah, for the second the lead song. Track. Yeah, especially the lead track. So yeah. I can see why it's there, yeah, but it just feels like it's a very sentimental song and when they just sing it. So I just think it just means so much more. Without the dancing. Without I, it. I whereas completely agree. The dancing's fine. I just think it really detracts from. Yeah. And they were doing it for, you know, I Need You and Run and... Yeah, and every song Softer they did after. Ones, yeah. So I get it. Yeah, same. Don't love it. Yeah. What about you? I don't... Couldn't say that I particularly like love it, and it's like, oh yeah, you know, as soon as it comes on in club, I'm like moving my arms <laughs> about. But like, also, that's how I know it. Oh yeah, because you would have seen it straight off. Yeah. I think the dance is also a bit juvenile. Like, if you compare it to like a Black Swan, yeah, which is emotive and lyrical, this lacks. Yeah, it does that lyricism. I, I, it's all a bit too. I think it's too Stuck fast. Up. It's too fast. Yeah. It, there's cutting and chopping between. I just don't like it. The Yeah, the bigger, quicker movements in the chorus are just jarring because I just keep thinking, yeah, the song doesn't need it. I think the verse choreo is a little bit different. I think when they're like, do those like fluid movements and like Jimin gets to do his more lyrical dancing, show that skill off. So that's nice. Only Jimin does good job. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> It's just I don't need the big jumps and the arm like waving in the chorus like, and the transition. Let the song like, shine. Pass each other, uh, yeah, I do like the bit where Young and Jimin sit on the floor. I understand the bits where there's a, often like one person that walks off and then the group or the others bring them back to the group, like in in the in the bridge where Tay does the you know it all. You're my best friend, and then I think it's Jin that comes and sort of gets him and like that. I think that section's choreographed well. I think in the chorus, when they're talking about the snowflakes falling, there's like one bit where they clearly are meant to like mimic the snowflakes falling. Yeah, and I'm they like, do the big hands. Yeah, yeah, the big hands. Like, yeah, no. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Jimin, great job. <laughs> Jimin, great job. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and Countdown. What do you think of this one? Uh, um, yeah, I told you about this one. I was sad because you'd labeled it loose shirts and chokers. And then I was like, oh, Junie and the choker. He was not. Oh, yeah. Hobie is. Tay wears a really long one that looks a bit like a leash. Was my yeah. Oh, yeah, the dog leash one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Junie looks n- near horrendous with the beret and the big collar. And the oh, no, I thought he looked nice. Big jumper. They wear flowy shirts for a lot of these performances, but they lend themselves to the choreo, I think, because there's a lot of, like, throwing your arms out mm. and, like, moving and whatever, and the shirts sort of emphasize that movement. And you can see Hobie's got parts now. I think that was nice. Yeah. It incorporated some of the scenery and, yeah. and it's better than some of the others of the time there's one where they're all well, i think that's the next one right where they're literally all wearing the same shirt yeah <laughs> i included that one because i like the shirt <laughs> you yeah, make all the same shirt yeah, yeah, yeah. we have our own clothes <laughs> uh taste shirt has the lovely bow with pajama top trimmings and jin and jimin's got little both oh, ties no, on their sleeves uh... which i really liked and there are more chokers jk has one jimin and sugar have short ones the long one yeah, JK yeah, is yeah. In the leash. yeah. And then I don't like Hobie's one because it's like has a, this weird inbuilt fest thing and mm. it says I am red with love on the back, mm. which is, you know, something. Aram has a royal neck underneath. And don't like it. I, I thought it was all right. I think from the distance it makes Aram look a bit like a priest. Okay. <laughs> I thought the set was nice, though, with the lights and they have these like reflective gold string things hanging from the ceiling. It looks like um, 
Like a birthday party. Cute. Yep. The next one is KBS Song Festival. It opens with a quote about taking off your mask and coming into the magic shop. So oh. by now we're sort of into that era. And then the doors open and it's like the BTS symbol. And then they raise the doors and there's another BTS symbol in lights. And then the doors open again. And then the boys are standing in front of a third BTS symbol. They wear lovely white outfits, like mm. shirts and jumpers. I've fluffy. Said. Hobie and Junie have big fluffy ones. Mm. I don't like Jin's weird safety pin tie. Mm, don't need it. No. <laughs> I'm really sadly Jimin doesn't have pink hair. No. But you've got blonde jungi. Yeah. I think I've got more time for blonde jungi than you have. I'm always like, is it blonde jungi? And you're like, no. I don't care. Any jungi is good jungi. Yeah. yeah. Blonde jungi is I didn't really only like... second to mint jungi. Um, Thoughts so far, Natasha? The M Countdown one. Love the tight pants. Ah. <laughs> the KBS Song Festival one. Not the best. I'm not really a fan of the, like, big baggy shirt and then put, like, a cardigan jumper or whatever. It's a really nice um, rock remix of the song. Mm -hmm. And then they don't dance until the second pre-chorus, which is really nice because it really gives the song a bit more time to be without the dance. But then there's (laughs) this weird (laughs) dance break at the end and then Yungi does a really really weird lip bite that just doesn't go with Springdale. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. It really doesn't go. No. (laughs) Strange. Yeah. And then there's the uterus stage, which is Melon Music Awards. This is the one where I thought they were all wearing the same shirt. Yeah, fine. Jim and Tay don't have any t-shirts underneath their shirts, which I guess is the only difference. So when they lift their arms, that's nice. (laughs) And, you know, Jimin's getting to live his best life. Exactly. Shirt or jacket. Yeah. I like that they have the aquarium scenes, but then, you know, RM doesn't like the aquarium. True, yeah. Maybe it's before he changed his mind about the aquarium. <laughs> Not a real aquarium. No, it's just scenes of an aquarium. Just scenes of an aquarium. I guess it promotes aquariums. I <laughs> <laughs> wasn't thinking that through, was no. it? No. For anyone that doesn't know, he said, I don't know if it was recently that he doesn't like aquariums because the fish are trapped. Yeah. A lovely angel boy. Um, any thoughts on that one, Tash? I like the ripped jeans because they're not just like a rip, like it's the whole shin. That's so, like, true. I've also made a note of that, actually. We're all about the skin today. There isn't that much skin in this era. But <laughs> when it's there, we find it. Next one, I wanted to include a pandemic one. They did it a lot in the pandemic. So they did it at Bang Bang Con, Tiny Desk, loads of the like talk shows. I guess because of the sort of emotional impact of Map of the Soul when I went with Map of the Soul one. It's the one where all arm is on video behind, isn't it? Yeah, that was the first. And they come and like wave at the screens. Yeah. There's that one person who dresses as a carrot when we watched it. And then RM's like to JK, look at that carrot. The carrot's (laughs) just going mental in her room during COVID. Hilarious. Should we do yet to come at the end? Should we do Jin's dance and Jimin's choreo? When they add one, the music bank, they... We're like, Jin, Jin, you do your dance. And I think in the Bang Tan Bomb, they all copy him and he does his little dance. And then they do, what is it, like, Whip and Nene thing? Oh, oh yeah, 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 it is, yeah. Some more brilliant choreo from Jin. You know, on the back of Spinebreaker. <laughs> it's completely original. He should be Not, lead yeah. choreo. Mm-hmm. And then there's one, I linked a little tiny clip. It's only, like, 30 seconds. In the choreo, there's a bit where... Jimin sort of traverses across the stage and then pops up and normally tears behind him. 
and he changes the choreo a little and he pops up right into his face. Ah. <laughs> so he like moves his steps a little bit forward and then they both have this little big smile and it's really beautiful and vimin. Yeah. And then the last one? The uh, last one I included, it's just a fan cam from the Busan concert. It takes just, a while to get started because yeah. they're in the, they're in the train for ages. Imagine them on the train in the same setup as they were in the MV because that's what's happening. I only included that just to remind ourselves that we had the absolute privilege of seeing Spring Day live and that one day BTS will return in 2025, hopefully. I've got the hoodie. Yeah, to come hoodie. Are you on that? I think only problem with the performance was the fact that they did like the beginning bit in the train. We were so far away, we didn't really get to see it. Even when they came out, you're just like, oh, you little speck. So... It's... Yeah, but that was a problem for the whole concert, not just for Spring Day. Yeah, yeah. Like, it wasn't just Spring Day. Like, oh, actually, for all of the songs, we were front row. Yeah. <laughs> and then for Spring Day, they, they moved us right to the back. Yes. <laughs> you thirsty bitches, you Spring know. Day is not for you. <laughs> 52,000 people got to see it out of 100 million. That's true. We were three of those. Yeah. I think it might be my favorite performance of it, just because it's so sentimental yeah. and meaningful to us. And it is a nice one. Like, I like all the sentimental nods. And it seemed, like, very apropos for them to perform it in that moment. Overall, Spring Day. Brilliant song. Masterpiece. Well done to all involved. When we get to the awards. Yeah, it will come up in the awards, yes. (laughs) No spoilers. Zero spoilers. Not today. (laughs) 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 I'm so funny. Shall we move on? Michelle. Not today. No, that was terrible. No, not today. <laughs> All the underdogs in the world start a podcast. Today we record. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not today. Not today. We are not being lame today. All right. So I took not today. Yep. So it was written, not today was written by P Dog, Hitman Bang, RM, Supreme Boy, Jude. And it was produced by P Dog. That old dog. That old dog, what a brilliant <laughs> producer he is. Whoa, whoa. P Dog. <laughs> yes, okay. You know, when we said about not being lame. <laughs> P Dog, whoa, whoa. Yeah. Awesome, okay. How have we not made that joke before? I know, yeah. <laughs> right, and the non lameness starts now. <laughs> not Today is one of the two lead singles on the album You Never Walk Alone. The lyrics of Not Today encourage listeners to keep fighting and to not give up. It's reminiscent of BTS's earlier songs such as No More Dream, Eno and Bepsy, which encourages young people and students to stand up for themselves and to not blindly accept and follow everything they are told. Exactly. Ooh, do you think it connects to the disaster? Oh, no. I think it probably is sort you can of be angry. This is where the angry rap goes. Asking you to question authorities mm. and probably at this point in time they probably had quite a fraught relationship with their authorities in Korea so maybe it has a link to that. So yeah Not Today starts with the banging intro from RM all the underdogs in the world a day may come when we lose but it's not today today we fight mm-hmm. which is a Lord of the Rings reference Yes, it's a speech from Aragorn in the final battle Yep, the Aragorn speech goes an hour of wolves and shattered shields when the age of men's comes crashing down. But it's not this day. Today we fight. By all that you hold dear and good on this earth, I bid you stand, men of the West. Mm. 
I thought it was good and nerdy. Yeah, it is I nerdy. Like when RM's a little bit nerdy because it makes him a bit more accessible. I have written down that it goes, well, maybe it's just a different part of the speech, but it said on what I read that it goes, a day may come when the courage of men fails, when we forsake our friends and break all bonds of fellowship. But it is not this day. This day we fight. It's in The Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King, if anyone wants to check it out. I've not seen any Lord of the Rings, so I will. I've seen them all, actually. You know, now. I once did a movie marathon at the cinema where we watched all three back to back. It's like 10 yeah. hours. It's a good epic, a bit like Marvel. I think you'd like it. It's I a bit tried slow, though. watching the first one. I watched like an hour and I was like, nothing's happened. So Yeah, you have to get through the first one. Yeah. Uh, anyway. To Youngest Verse. Mm-hmm. No, not today. Flowers wither eventually, but no, not today. Today is not that day. Not yet a day to die. Too good a day to die. No, no, not today. No, no, not today. The withering flowers is about, you know, don't die. Don't give in to the hatred. Then we're back to our... um. Yeah, we are extra, but still part of this world. Extra plus ordinary, there's nothing at all. We won't ever die today. Light shines through the darkness. It wants a new world, and it wants you. Oh, baby, yes, I want it. Yep, and then we get into the really pumped up bit. Pumped, yeah, then we get proper hyped. Yes. JK, Hobie, Jimin and V. Yeah. If you can't fly, then run. Today we will survive. If you can't run, then walk. Today we will survive. If you can't walk, then crawl. Even if you have to crawl, gear up, aim your gun, ready, fire. Yeah. Which, that bit was not written by any of the boys, right? That was written by Bang PD. Yep. But Um, JK sings it though, and he does a really good job, I think. So if we can't fly, then run. Mm -hmm. If you can't run, then walk. If you can't walk, then crawl. Is a reworking of uh, Martin Luther King Jr. speech. Yep. Delivered to college students during the civil rights movement. Again, pushing a similar message, motivating them to refrain from becoming pessimistic and giving up and instead encourage them to keep moving forward in their fight. His speech is actually pulled from the Bible. His actual speech is, if you can't fly, then run. If you can't run, then walk. If you can't walk, then crawl. But whatever you do, keep moving forward. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think that's it. nice. Yeah, it's really nice. Yeah, yeah it's really good. A song about social justice, I guess, at the end of the day. And uh... though I just normally listen to that when I'm lifting weights. Really? <laughs> yeah. Like I don't listen to it on the treadmill. On the treadmill, I listen to. Uh, I just listen to it when it comes uh, to Pepsi. I always listen to it when I'm lifting weights, when I'm about to do it, and I'm like, I'm going to smash these weights. Yeah. Not today. Good... I'm not getting beaten by these weights today. And then I lift them up, and I'm like, oh, these are a bit heavy. It is a good gym song. And then there's the pre-chorus, which is Hobie and JK. Not, not today, not, not today. Hey, crotits, everyone hands up. Hey, friends, everyone hands up. Hey, if you believe me, hands up. Gun, ready, fire. Down, faster. Yeah. And we know the crotit reference is in Bepsi. I was going to say we know the crotit reference from Bepsi when we did Bepsi, but we've not done Bepsi. No, I've written we might get through all the Bepsi references before we actually do Bepsi. Clearly, we're fans of Bepsi. We've done a lot of work. (laughs) We're just waiting for it to be spun in. Maybe today is the day. Or not today. Never miss an opportunity. Never. Um, So in Korea, a quote refers to a person who tries so hard to fit in that they become something that they aren't. Um, Yeah, it links to an idiom about a quote trying to walk like a stork. Walk like a stork. Yeah. 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 Also, though, fake love references. Yeah, I mean, I I think it's more about like uh, the the idiom is 
a crotit will break its legs trying to walk like a stork. So I think the way that they've used it before, at least, is the idiom is meant to say that you should stick within your social class. Mm. So they're saying like those lower down in, so, in social classes, as in you crotits, get your hands up, like you join join the fight. Yeah, so about that, you're yeah. back into the classist, the disparities within society. And, and if it's within the, the social like, norm, you have to stay in your class. You can't. You can't try and move up. Yeah. But BTS is saying you can Exactly. Then we go on to the, have we done the chorus? Yeah. Don't yeah. die, don't ask, scream, not today, don't kneel, don't cry, raise your hands. Not no, today. Not today. Not yeah. today. Not today. Hey, no, not today. Uh, <laughs> no, not today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it slaps a lot more than the lyrics do it justice, to be <laughs> yeah. honest. The lyrics are like pretty uh, repetitive. And but, then we get to RMs. You know the song. Yeah. yeah. So RMs is too hot, success is doubling. Too hot, tumbling in the charts. Too high, we're on a trampoline. Too high, someone stop us. Ooh, yeah. Flex verse. Yeah, yeah, what a classic. <laughs> yeah. Um, tumbling in the charts is quite cool. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. this is when, you know, they're, this is when they're trying to, they're trying to they're, get big. They're taking off. This is from the same guy who wrote the lyric about Snowpiercer. <laughs> uh, then <laughs> Hobie's got, got his, range, okay. <laughs> then Hobie's got his verse. We couldn't fail because we believed in each other. Well, that's really sweet. That's yeah. about the boys being together. Yeah, I wrote that Hobie mix RMs flex verse sweep by being doing the whole like, we were together because we couldn't fail, which links to the theme of the album. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hobie's always bringing it back. Exactly. Always. Did they do that? What you say, eh? Not today, eh? Not today, eh? We will never die today, eh? And then... <laughs> yeah. There's the I Believe in You by My Side, Together We Won't Die. That's a... Uh... BTS and ARMY together. I believe yeah. in the world together. I believe in Bangtan. Cry, um, cry, cry. <laughs> cry, cry, cry. Um, and then you're going to go with Aim Your Gun Ready Fire again. Charged and Brassa. <laughs> I love in that. <laughs> and then it's just the bridge, which is throw it up, throw it up. Forget about the fears in your eyes. Break it up, break it up. Break the glass ceiling that cages you. Mm-hmm. You know, smash that. Yes. Turn it up, turn it up, burn it up, burn it up until the day of victory. Fight. Don't kneel. Don't collapse. It's not today. Yeah. Um, and then we're back on another slapping chorus, followed by another slapping chorus. Exactly. This is my only reference to the music video and the lyrics, but in the music video, when they say about the glass ceiling, they are dancing on the mirror platform. So that's mm. sort of kind of like they're already above the glass ceiling, if ah, that makes sense. Smart boys. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What do you think of the lyrics, Smash? Um, I don't know what this glass ceiling is, so could you explain? <gasps> okay. Um... Angel, I'm so young. <laughs> <laughs> so the glass ceiling is a term often used for the fact that I'm going to make it up 90%, 95%, 99% of executives, CEOs, CPOs are men. And there's an imaginary glass ceiling that women it's have to women. break through to join the c-suite so to get the highest paid jobs and to sit on those executive type of director type levels women have to fight extra hard to smash this so you can see all the men doing it and you can see it up there but you have to smash through this ceiling just to get a seat at the table it sort of insinuates that there's a, a level that you can rise to as a woman and then it stops and then it stops and then you have to smash through the glass ceiling to get through it and I remember being in like high school and one of my teachers being like, yeah, and then you have the glass ceiling and that's a real thing. Like that's going to happen to you, all you girls in the class. It has to do with how much time you spend parenting and how that's 
disparate between men and women and that allows men to focus more on work and progress easily, more easily, but obviously also to their traditional role as breadwinners and all mm. that sort of stuff. And then the group think, so people don't like dissenting voices. Yeah. And often when you get lots of people together who are of a similar background, similar gender, similar views, mm. they become like an echo chamber for each other. Whereas when you put in a, a more diverse voice, whether that be a female voice, an LGBTQ mm-hmm. voice, a person of colour voice, they will often be perceived to have a dissenting view. So they're perceived to be separate to the group and therefore causing like yeah. friction and like, oh, it's so unnecessary that they're always bringing yeah, up yeah, yeah. about why we're why we're doing tax evasion. And a lot of the big scandals, the ex, Exxon scandal. Exxon? Exxon was the oil spill. Enron. The big Enron scandal, a lot of that came down to group think and yeah lots yeah, of, yeah oh that was huge lots of men backing each other and there was a couple of dissenting voices more diverse voices that were like this is not really? and they kept just hurting them so it's about the the challenges that you'll face in your career should you wish to be super wealthy and successful yeah and also I think another reason why it's there is because people like to hire people who are like them mm-hmm. that is why white men tend to hire white men Mm. it's not like a conscious thing supposedly but it's because you I think that you would agree with me and I think that you would embody my values I can mentor you and uh, and I can support you and I feel like that's why they sort of argue for now the CVs with no names on and stuff like that because you can tell from a name so it's lots of stuff on it wasn't there that the CVs with a female name via male name the male ones got brought forward to interview again I don't know the stat but it was more than 50% more often than the one with a female name on, even though all of the content was exactly the same. Yeah, that's what that is. And I think in this instance, it's about social class, right? Yes. It's about striving for more, even if you feel like there's a ceiling, it's not necessarily as a reference to women in the C-suite. But I think that's where the initial reference comes from. Anyway, DMV? Yeah, I guess we can say what we think about the song first. Oh, yeah, what do you think of the song? Um, I don't really like it, to be honest. Yeah. The lyrics obviously are alright and they've got a good meaning and mean something to someone, but to me personally, it's me. it's one of those songs that like it's not in my playlist. If it comes on at like a a club night, then I'm gonna dance to it because I've not heard it in years because I don't listen to it. Okay. I'm more shocked than when you gave Jack in the Box a 2.5. Like, how can you not love Not Today? It's an absolute fucking slapper. Yeah. Like, it slaps at the gym. It makes me feel like a bad bitch. It makes me feel like I can take on the world. It's great. It makes in the me club. happy. It makes me vibing. Mm-hmm. It's so No spoilers, but it's been a highlight in all of these, like, quite sad, low melody vocals. And then, at least not today's there. I even tell my Alexa, and there's very few songs I tell Alexa to put on. Uh, see, I, I'd see Get Out in the Gym, and I'd never skip it. I have all the BTS songs on my playlist, and I just put that on shuffle. But when it comes up, I'm always like, oh, yeah, not today. Great. <laughs> Especially even in the morning. I mostly listen to my BTS playlist in the morning. So, yeah. Often as I walk, walk into the office, and I'm like, no, not today. <laughs> I'm always sticking it to the man. Yeah. Maybe you're not angry enough. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't like it. Fine. I love the sad songs. I'm a, I'm a sad girl. Yeah. What's yeah. a, a I like big one that you like? You like well. Mama, that that's not the same. You were like, um, so what? Yeah, so what? It's in the same vein. 
It's not. It's better no, than it's so what. Better than so better what. Better than like, so what. By a mile. No. As no. In. So what? Like as like a like you can feel like you jump into it. This one is just like ding 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 ding. I'm just like oh no. It goes nothing like that. But anyway. <laughs> it does. It does. It does. It just the like the beginning bit. Maybe it's too rap heavy. Yeah. You know she had to rap line. Yes. It's That's certainly it. inspiring and galvanizing. I've also put and I imagine if we were ever to go to war on behalf of the Republic of Borahe with Kim Namjoon as our esteemed president, this would be our sort of fight mm. song, a rally and cry. Yes. This is how we get them. Exactly. I don't know who we're getting. Those the multi- hater country. Those multi-Stalin bitches. <laughs> yes. Yeah, <laughs> them mainly. The other countries. The main ones. <laughs> multi-Stalin bitches as well. I think that's fine. <laughs> that's a bit of an in-joke, guys. We had someone accused us of being multi-Stalin ones, so it was not pretty. So, yeah, and uh, the last thing I wrote was that RM said that he wrote the lyrics so that BTS would not stay silent on social issues and injustice and continue to raise problems, read, listen, and discuss with experts and be conscious of social injustices. He wrote all the rap parts for Not Today. Yeah, he did. He thought about No More Dream when he was writing it, and then he reminisced about his curly hair. <laughs> he was like, yeah. it made me think about back when I had curly hair. Yep. Okay. MV. MV. Fastest K-pop video to surpass 10 million. Absolutely smashing it. So it opens up with this big scenery, big mountains and cliffs, and that's meant to be uh, reminiscent of Lord of the Rings, like they're on a big quest. Yep. Yeah. It opens with JK running, and he's doing all of this looking petrified. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, running and looking back. Face acting. Yeah, face acting. Face acting his little Um, head off. Are the other boys behind him? Or is no, that later? I think he's being chased. He's well, being chased by the the hoods. Yeah, the I think so. In the black hoods. I think it's kind of just a close up, and then arms walking through the car park. Yeah, and yeah. then they start doing the choreo, and then they get well. The first we we have to talk about arms walk through the car park because he's <laughs> he's just walking through the car he, park. No, he looks so awkward doing it. Bless him. <laughs> it looks like he's just swaggering. But not swaggering. Like, I think like, he's doing a good job like swaggering. He's, like he's trying to swagger. Like he's like, right, must swagger now. Okay. He, he looks swaggery to me. Okay. And then they do the dance in the car park and then all of the hoods take them all in. Yeah. And then Hobie breaks out, breaks free. Yeah. And all the boys come running out from behind the hoods in a break in the wall. Yeah. And I remember describing that to a friend and being like, yeah, yeah, they're about to like break free. They're like, pow. And then when they did it, it's more like, yeah <laughs> like it's like in my head it's like pow it is then when the we watched it back it's quite slow it is so yeah <laughs> it's quite slow and they actually they make a hole yeah, yeah, they do, yeah. I think in some of the performances he breaks more than yeah. he does in the MV. I don't have a hug to it I was yeah. like yeah and then they're gonna all break out and there's more slow-mo running after that yeah and then you start to see them getting hit by the bullets yep everyone gets shot Except JK's JK. at the end JK get shot at the end? I put except JK yeah. because he sort of, you can see him standing up while everyone else is lying down and then he looks back. Yeah. yeah. And then you've got that amazing dance sequence on the mirror platform, on the mirror yeah. platform where all of the shoes are like. Yeah. Like, they do the like tap, amazing tap kind of routine. <laughs> with all of the, the stomping. Yeah. It's just lots of energy. They're getting ready to fight the fight. Then yeah. they all get shot except JK, uh, which is sad exactly it's sad, sad and they all go down really dramatically like yeah it's great one. to watch i don't know if you've seen the behind the scenes i've not linked it but in the behind the scenes these like clips of them just running and then just like sitting down oh, <laughs> and especially RM, rm and sugar but yeah <laughs> they so just tired. like run 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 and then like okay now fall as if you've been hit by a bullet and they're like okay i'm just gonna sit down and <laughs> 
that's not it no <laughs> no it's cute though so yeah that's the movie. it's not full of references no but it's good or i read that there's a scene on the platform right towards the end they're like being shot at and then the dancers sort of switch in front of, mm. of bts and like take the bullets on their behalf ah, to protect them yeah and that's army yeah so i guess there's like a, a theory that the dancers at the start where they're getting in their way and stuff are the haters are the haters but then they're turned into army as we know that's what happens exactly to every hater and then at the end they sort of run in front of bts to take the bullets but then at the very very end bts run in front of the dancers again oh, to then so protect you're doing them. this back and forth and yeah 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 who protects who exactly very sweet yes yeah they look great they do what are you what are your oh, thoughts? Yeah. thoughts on the mv so I might ruin it for you, but the dance to me looks like flamingos. Okay. <laughs> I could show you, obviously, people listening can't see, but um, <laughs> this bit where they do this looks like... She's just shown us BTS dancing with all their dancers and then a group of flamingos walking together. We'll link the flamingos. Yeah, maybe yeah. we'll have to. There's a few gl- gifts that I can show, put into but that's just where my mind goes when I watch it. Did you come up with this yourself or did you see it online? I can't remember. I feel like I do it for a lot of uh, K-pop dancers. I always think, like, they look like flamingos. <laughs> it's a brand new take, you know? <laughs> From a younger mind. <laughs> sometimes you really shock me with your opinions. <laughs> and then sometimes they're just so left field. Like, I wouldn't even... But you are right. <laughs> you might have ruined the Not Today and Be for me. Yeah, that's probably happened. Okay. It's a really brilliant dance break, the flamingo one. <laughs> nice, okay. So, yeah, they look great. They do. They RM do. RM and V have both got the headbands. Outfits are elite. Yeah. yeah. Great Mon and Fluffy highlights JK and Bubblegum Jimin are still with us because obviously it was just a week after. And Jimin's hair in the MB is like uh, at peak stage. It's not too pink. It's like a pastely pink. Seeing Jimin with that pink hair, I just want to dye all my hair pink. I want to be that iridescent. Okay. She wants to be a flamingo. <laughs> Yeah, it would look even more like flamingos if they all had pink hair. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna dye my whole hair pink, but I might. I think when they pair it with the like embroidered bomber on his leather trousers, it's like it's great. Yeah, it's so iridescent. Yeah, it's sexy. Whereas in spring day, it's just cute and fluffy. Mm. Yeah, I like all the bomber jackets except Tay's, which I think is too big. Mm. It's too big and boxy and doesn't suit him. Performances? The yes. One in the big gym basketball hall. That I made the mistake of watching That's on my phone. That's the dance practice. Oh, the dance practice. Yeah. I made the mistake of watching it on my phone and I just couldn't see anything because it's so zoomed out. It's like super back, but I guess that's because ages. you have to fit in all the dancers. Mm. Yeah, the dance is really good. The dance is amazing. Mm-hmm. And the jumps and the stomps and the shotgun moves and reactions. I laughed at this because it's apparent if you watch it. I don't know if you'll remember, but one of the top comments on the video was, let's all wear the same jumper and not tell Yungi because he really stands out in his yellow jumper. <laughs> They're all wearing white and he's got this like bright yellow jumper on. No, is it one of the ones um, wearing red? No, they're they're all wearing like a white jumper underneath and some of them have like shorts and stuff, stuff on all top. over. There's a really weird bit where the dancers make this tank and then BTS oh, yeah. run in slow-mo towards the tank. I hate that. Yeah. 
It's so tiny. Yeah, that's the them getting shot by the tank. Well, you don't have the bullets in the MB to show them getting shot, so obviously you have to create a tank with the dancers. Yeah, uh, standard. Um, JK doing the slow roly poly. How do you even do a slow roly poly? He's got some core strength. He's got a lot of strums, that boy. Yeah. There's loads of backup dancers, and I remember on Suchwita, Sugar's talk show, the guy from 17 Hoshi said that BTS were one of the first groups to use a lot of backing dancers in their performances mm. and I was thinking when I watched this I think there were a lot of dancers in some of the fire performances mm. but I think this would have been one of the earlier ones with loads of dancers in the MV maybe mm. so on reminiscent right well on reminiscent of not today exactly there's a couple of performances that we linked but we didn't link loads no nope. the KBS music like one mm-hmm. uh, where they forced Jimin into a jacket and a shirt yes and therefore he's trying to whip it off his shoulders left right and center yeah he, he looks beautiful again with the pink hair yeah i love the bombers in this one though. Mm. i think i called it the incredible bomber jacket performance <laughs> but yeah arm's got this korea themed one it's got mm. loads of like little like patches on it and jimin's got a striped one jung has got like a net- he's got a netting top and a fire hat <laughs> Toby's got a really nice green one, but yeah, also yeah, a red yeah. hat. Yeah, no, the green one's nice as well. And then Tay's still in the headband. And I think we need to... I can't remember if I talked about Tay in the headband. In, you did, in Mark Drop. Mark drop. I have. didn't choose that as my best look, though, which I was surprised. But yeah, Tay in the headband is... That's because you were back being a Tay bias, so you were trying to be... I, I chose mindful. a different Tay look. Oh, different. Yeah, yeah, I did. But yeah, Tay in the headband. Always elite. Mm. Yeah, great outfits, great performance. Explosive. Liked it. Did you like it, Natasha? Yeah, looking at it, it looks a little bit dark, I want to say. Compared to that music video where obviously you've got like the pink sky in background mm-hmm. and these are just like spotlights. So it's, yeah. I think the music video is very saturated as in like they've turned the brightness right up so you can see all the colour contrast and stuff like that. Yeah, and the pinks. Pink in the hair. Yeah. But uh, yeah, next one. Love yourself, speak yourself. Just after they've done Dionysus. Which is crazy. Absolute slapper. How? How are you doing Dionysus followed by not today? It makes me so jealous that I could have seen it at Wembley, but I wasn't. You didn't see it. I, just, no, but I didn't, you didn't feel appreciate it. it. I yeah. didn't appreciate it. And yeah. I just love it. But yeah, then they smash out the choreo. They're all wearing suits. Yeah, grey suits covered in yeah, diamante. Yeah. Tay has a red flower. Very the dancers cute. look a bit like doctors. Mm. <laughs> So I love it. Yeah, me too. I like it a lot. Do you like this one better? No. Do you like any of them? No. Fine. Cut her out. Let's move on then. Thanks so much for listening. Come back for You Never Walk Alone Part 2 next time. And I've been Christine. I've been Leanne. And I've been Natasha. And we have been Generation, Generation BTS. BTS. <laughs> <laughs>